Hello, and welcome to the Television Spotlight on the Comic Book Page podcast. My name is John May. In this episode, we'll be having a spoiler-filled discussion about a television show that we think you'll enjoy. In this episode, I'm joined by my sister Kay, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the second half of the fifth season of SWAT. And they had set some stuff up in the beginning of the season. Some of it played out in the second half, some of it not so much, or not to a conclusion at least. Overall, I thought they did a fairly good job in the second half of the season here. I thought there were a couple of episodes where they really upped their game on the action sequences and some of that. Yeah. But I'm also going to say that I felt there were a few things where it felt like some plot lines were written by one set of writers, others by another set of writers, and they were like flipping weeks or something. Yeah. Because there were a couple of times where certain things just like uh, Hondo and Shell's relationship. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's not. It's a big deal. It's not. like, And when I say not, and like for some episodes, not mentioned at all. Well, and it goes back to... The things you can do with just a line of dialogue. And they're not writing in Black Betty as much as they did back in season one Mm -hmm. is part of the problem. Because that was when some of those lines of dialogue of, are you able to sleep, Deacon, now that the baby's in the house and that kind of stuff got slipped in. So on the one hand, I get where they don't have the scenes in the time when they used to slip that in. But they could just as easily do it walking down the hall at, at headquarters. Yeah. I think what got me with the Hondo and Nichelle subplot was it was like a pendulum swinging back and forth. Are they good? Or is one of them throwing a monkey wrench in the works? Oh, they're good again. Oh, wait, there's this other thing. Oh, wait, they're good. You know. Well, I also felt that on that particular subplot, they weren't really being fair to Hondo with regards to Daryl from previous seasons. Yeah. He was mentioned a few times in the season, never seen. But they weren't really acknowledging he's done the father thing. He knows how he feels about doing the father thing. Well, And she knows he's done it. Yeah. So there's not even the, I know you're going to make a good father. I've seen you with Daryl. Yeah. Daryl, at most, was mentioned like three or four times in the course of the entire season Mm -hmm. and never in that context. Yeah. And I was disappointed with that. And that's part of where I felt that subplot was just up and down. Because she's trying to, it's, are we together? Oh, then she's trying to adopt out of nowhere. And then that doesn't work. And then, oh, let's try to have, you know, a family together. Oh, she can't do that. And then, oh, wait, you know, and it felt like there were major turns in the the plot line on that. As if these were scenes in a show where the rest of the plot line was actually taking place, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Versus a subplot in SWAT. For me, and part of it is because. I've kind of been on the adoption roller coaster with friends and family who've gone through it. Mm -hmm. So there were aspects of that where I'm like, I think somebody casually knew someone who went through the adoption process or thought they knew some about the adoption process. It very much felt like they did not have firsthand experience on the writing staff. You know, so it was like they would get close, but then they would put in a line of dialogue like, Yeah, the birth mother had 10 days to change her mind. It's actually a minimum of six weeks. Mm -hmm. And 
all of the potential adoptive parents know that going in. Yeah. And they'll all tell you, even if the adoption goes letter perfect, Mm -hmm. those are the most stressful six weeks of an adoptive parent's life. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I guess the fact that it was swinging back and forth of, are they going to have a kid? Are they together? That sort of a thing. Surprised me in so much as the actual scenes and the interplay we get is good. Yes. It was just at that plotting level where it was a little awkward. And not bad, but it's like, come on. Well, but for me, it also went back to, on the Hondo side, they're doing the whole, well, fatherhood is catching me out of nowhere. No, you just spent two years being a father to Daryl. Yeah. You've thought about fatherhood. You've done fatherhood. Now, being a father to an infant. Exactly. If they'd done, I don't mind being a father, I've done that. It's the diapers, it's the, you know, yeah, uh, I, waking up in the middle of the night. And and they could have had some really good interplay between Hondo and Deacon on yes. that. Yeah. And they certainly have the door open for that next season. Yeah. Of It gives them a whole nother level to, to interacting. Well, and the other thing that they didn't touch on at all, but is an extremely common thing, is women who can't or are told they can't mm-hmm. have a child and go do- down the adoption path frequently do get pregnant. Mm. And oftentimes you'll find that a family has successfully adopted a kid and then gives birth within like six months. Oh, wow. Yeah. And in fact, I knew kids who were raised as twins, but their birth dates were six months off. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that you're so stressed out trying to have a kid and then going through the adoption process is so stressful that when parents find out they've either got a birth family that's chosen them Mm -hmm. or whatever takes that stress off, whatever aspect Mm, of adoption does that, then suddenly all that stress is off the mother's body and they're able to get pregnant. I felt there was a lot of things on that level they could have done, but they were using it as, I don't want to say a melodrama subplot, you know what I mean? But they didn't give it that kind of depth and that yeah. kind of if Nichelle I mean, we we went, if not from back to back episodes, pretty close to it, of Nichelle saying, Yeah, the doctor says that there's even less chance of my getting pregnant than I thought, to the next episode of Oops, turns out I'm pregnant after all. And that was the thing. It was like in every other episode, she's not there. And in the one she's in, it's okay, all is good, or let's break up because this isn't going to happen, or this is going to happen, or let's have a kid, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was just zigzagging. Yeah. Well, and like I said, there are aspects of it that are so close to relatable, but for me fell short. Like when she has the scene where she's saying, you had just wrapped your head around wanting to be a father, and here I find out I can't give that to you, either emotionally on the adoption side or physically on the giving birth side. So I'm giving you back your house key. There is a real aspect to that, but they just rushed so fast through it. And it was the rushing through. Yeah. If all of this had taken place over the course of a season or two. Yeah. And this was Hondo's kind of main subplot. Mm-hmm. Because I can't count the whole bit with Saint as a, a major subplot for him. No. They set that up at the beginning of the season, or in the first half, I should say. We get one episode or two where Saint is mentioned, where, but not seen, Yeah, of Hondo's trying to chip away at his empire. We get one where Carl Umley actually shows up, but we never really get resolution this season. We get absolutely no resolution, and the one where Carl Lumley 
shows up, it's more of a, see, I can outsmart you. I can trick you into doing my dirty work for yeah, me. you cleaned up house for me. Thanks. You know? Yeah. Now, I was surprised Mexico came back to haunt us. Yeah, the the opening two-parter with Hondo and that guy showing up here, which I thought was a really well-done episode. It was fantastic. It dealt with deep fakes, Hondo being basically on the run, the team backing him up, had some great action sequences. It was one that really felt to me like it probably could have and maybe should have been the season finale. There were so many episodes, especially in the second half of the season, that were about team. Yes. Teamwork, what makes the team work, how team becomes family. The episode when we're doing some of the SWAT cadet training mm -hmm. and Cabrera gets talked into, look, the talent show isn't about embarrassing yourself in front yeah. of your peers. It's about understanding that your peers are going to cheer you on and support you no matter how badly you do at something. Well, and that was one that Luca, they really gave that character a chance to shine. Yes. As they did in the finale here and a few other episodes. And really, that character has grown a lot from the couch surfing, happy-go-lucky guy we had at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yet on the surface, he's still the same guy is the funny thing. Yeah, yeah. And I love how they've they've grown the character, evolved the character without rewriting the character. Well, they've shown the, the depth of heart that yes. was always at the core of him and in some ways really had him grow up. I mean, when he put down roots, he could have gotten a house anywhere, mm -hmm. but he went for a rough neighborhood that he hoped he could help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and where he went from bumming nights on the couch at Street's apartment to getting Street to be his roommate because they both needed roots and they both needed yeah. that solid foundation. They've done just some great stuff with Luca. And when we get to the point where I guess it was with Powell, the cadet, mm -hmm. who's the give me a rule, I'll break it, or I won't be limited by it yeah. type yeah. character. And Street goes in to say, turns out I was you. Yeah, when he has that dawning realization of, wait, I'm on the other side of this conversation? How odd. Yeah. That really, again, they're five seasons in on this. They've evolved the characters. They're aware they've evolved the characters. Mm -hmm. And they're able to do, I don't say circling back on story arcs they've done before, but doing story themes they've done before from another angle now. But then Powell got dropped. She and was there in and out in some episodes is a big deal and others not seen at all. Well, I think you're mixing Powell and Cabrera. Oh, you're right. I'm, I'm, I am mixing the two because Powell was the EMT, right? No, no Fowler, Fowler is the EMT. They had a couple of these characters and yes, I am getting them confused. And that's the problem. There were three women, only two of which graduated SWAT, Cabrera, and we don't know who the other one was. So mm -hmm. was it Powell? Was it Fowler? We don't know. But Fowler was really well used in the airplane episode. Yes, yes. Where it's kind of a, she has a lingering injury from military service. Is that going to turn out to be a problem that disqualifies her from SWAT service? But it turns out there are other ways you can serve. You don't have to be the one pounding down the doors every time. Well, that was a character that when they brought her in originally last season, I thought it was very interesting. I thought she was going to play a bigger role, and then she just kind of got dropped. 
So when she was brought back this season a couple of times, Luca's helping her out. She's still going through the training. I'm like, okay, they haven't forgotten about the character. I thought they did some good stuff with that arc. Well, and she was the one that they gave an injury to Mm -hmm. as kind of a, it turns out that the physical requirements are not fair. The episode they did with how they're training the men and the women and the bias in the benchmarking tests are favorable to men and more likely to injure the women, mm-hmm. you know, push-ups and things like that and things that you're never going to need, pers- literally those skills, you need to, to be in shape, of course. Mm-hmm. It's not like, and I think Alonzo's character had the line of, you know, when was the last time you got challenged to a push-up contest? Yeah. You know, by, by the guy you were chasing or something. And again, it played to Deacon having been mentoring the trainees this time around. It went to a lot of the things they'd done in past seasons with the rookies and who's getting trained and all that stuff and moved that that arc kind of forward and stuff. Yeah. So I think they're well aware of the stories they've told before and not repeating them, but but going back to some of the the themes and yearly events that would happen mm-hmm. in a SWAT arena and, and moving them forward without repeating themselves and putting some new twists, giving some new angles. Pairing up some characters, because that was one where Chris and Deacon were very much in lockstep working together and stuff. And we had a few where they were button heads. Yeah. Yet it was believable and it made sense. Well, and as they pointed out, we don't have to agree on everything mm-hmm. to have each other's backs. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've really built up a good group of characters here. Mm-hmm. I've been really impressed with how much they've built up the personal lives of these characters. Because typically these sorts of police procedurals, they're on the job, they're doing the thing, and you don't really find out all that much outside of yeah. the office as to what their life's like. But they've they've done a really solid job on that in the service of the story. And there are a couple of times where, how often do we see Bonnie? Yeah. You know, uh, Tan's now wife. Uh, how often do we see Annie, which is Deacon's wife? She got some good use the second half of the season. It went from we hadn't seen her for a season yes, to now she's just the main subplot for a couple episodes. Yeah. And in an unresolved way that can come back next season. Well, and in a way that really highlights some of the challenges that married couples face. Yes. In terms of she dropped out of college, both to care for the kids, but also to support him and the career choices he was making. But now she's realizing, you know, most of the kids are at school. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that she regrets dropping out of college, but maybe she could go back. She's got more she can do with her life than just be the the stay-at-home mom. Yeah, because she still wants to do what she was going to college for. Well, and it went from Deacon was always taking the extra shifts because he needed the money and stuff with the then three kids to he started up the security company. That's got some side gigs, which we actually saw one of this season. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's bringing in enough that, you know, he's not as stressed out about the money. But he was also having the episodes where he realized he was spending so much time working. Yep. That was he being fair to Annie on the home front. He was providing for the family, but not necessarily being with the family. Yeah. We witnessed the fact that we didn't see the kids at all this year. Which, again, COVID, yada, yada, I get it. But one of the things I enjoyed about some of the early seasons was they'd get together, they'd all have a barbecue together or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think in one of the early seasons, the final 
scene in the finale where we have the the guys toasting each other would have them them kind of pulled aside a family barbecue with all of the all the spouses kids etc i would kind of like to see whenever the show ends they end on that sort of note and bring in some of the characters that we just don't see all that often luca's brother yes uh, chris who's leaving swat at the end of the season one of the spoilers i'd gotten was the actress wasn't going to be back next season Oh, interesting. But may come for guest star type yeah. stuff, but not going to be a regular. So bring her back for that sort of a thing. With Commander Hicks, when the they had the episode with a friend of his, a judge, getting killed, and Hicks comforting the wife who mm-hmm. had comforted him when his wife died sort of a thing. Bring her back. Show the extended mm-hmm. family. Well, and Molly, for that matter. Molly, star. Rocker, yeah. uh, Fowler. You know, uh, as many as you can kind of finagle. Yeah. Because they've definitely built up, uh, particularly this, season, uh, this half of the season with the cadets and stuff, mm-hmm. bringing them back. And when we need warm bodies for, again, we've got a hijacking thing. We need somebody to play the hijacker. So here come the cadets. Yeah. You know, and the way they were doing that was organic to the story. Yeah, but what I loved in that episode was dibs on not being street. Yeah. <laughs> well, I felt it was a little. This is where I think the writing could have been better. I think if they had had in the previous episode a mention of Street, don't forget you've got this this thing you've got yes. to go do to go pick up this person and bring him back. Yeah. A line or two of dialogue would have connected the episodes, not in a, oh my God, I'm confused kind of a way, but in a, oh, I see what's going on kind of a way. Because mm-hmm. when we open and he's in Florida, I'm like, why is he in Florida? Oh, I guess he's got a job thing. That's out of nowhere, but okay. Yeah. You know. What really got me about that episode was the guy who was playing the main hijacker was from the Highlander TV show. Yes. So there can be only one. Yes. But it had the 3D printed guns and that kind of a stuff. So again, they're doing some rip from the headlines. But I thought that was a, just from an action sequence, a fairly impressive episode. Well, what I liked about that one was they had the... We have X number of hours till the plane lands. So instead of it really being the street and the marshal on board trying to do the Mm -hmm. let's deal with this in a bottle thing, it was actually back at, if not headquarters, somewhere nearby, the we have a fake airplane, let's run it as many times as we can. How many times have we seen this basic plot line where it's the diehard on a plane bottle episode? Whereas we'd cut to that as the subplot, but you're right. It's all back at the base. We've got a ticking clock of we've got to figure this out in X hours. It was almost an Apollo 11 kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, can we? What do we have to work with and can we make it work in this time frame? Yeah. How can we save as many lives as possible, preferably every life? Yeah. How many different ways can we run the op? And telling the SWAT cadets who were playing the hijackers in these drills... Change it up on us. Try to Don't make it, it easy. Yeah. You've, yeah. Your job is to trip us up on this. Yeah. I think there is a, a show to be had. It'd be a little hard to finagle or whatever, where you have a team of people that are essentially in the equivalent of a, a gymnasium sort of a thing. And they're always getting the call of, okay, this has to be figured out in this time. And they basically put it up kind of the cardboard cutouts to recreate the environment, yeah. run it through as many as the time. They're the the physical think tank. Yeah. You know, we actually had a MacGyver episode in the revival where it was that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. 
and he was back at the base trying to work through because he couldn't get to where the actual event was. Yeah. And it was a great episode. So the fact that, that they were running through it, having problems, it's not going to work. How do we do this? You know, and that was when they were really building up once again, the whole Street and Chris yes. romance stuff. But I mean, that had been going on for seasons. So yeah, definitely. We got some payoff for it. I'm expecting her character to become what Bonnie was for so long of the talked about but never seen character. Yeah. If we don't get mention of Chris next season. Yeah, I agree with that. That's odd. Well, and I mean, we saw the, uh, I want to call them the gangsters in Luca's hood several times over the course of mm -hmm. the season. And then Mama Pena came yeah. in early in the season and stuff. And that's, Using Luca's neighbor to bring in Mama Pena and all that mm -hmm. was interesting. And that's kind of the position that Chris is, I don't want to say downgrading to, but moving into. She's taking over Mama Pena's safe house, etc. So if we never go to the safe house for any reason, I'm disappointed. Well, I'm okay if we don't go there because it could just as easily be start an episode, Hondo's walking down the hall on the phone, we realize he's talking to Chris. Yeah, send that person over, we'll help out. Yeah. But, but you can do it without yeah. her physically having to be there. Okay, I'll give you that. But if we have no connection to Chris and the safe house after we had multiple episodes here of yes. we'll always have your back, we're always here for you, call us when you need us. Well, and Hearn Street being a thing now. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting that plot line to progress in absentia. Yeah. And if they can get her back for an episode or two, great. It'd be a shame if they can't, but if she's wanting to go off and do other things, which apparently the actress does, more power to her. She's done a great run here for five years. So. She really has. It's one of those, I'm sad to see her go, but I think from what I understood, she knew at the beginning of the season, this was probably enough for her. So that gave them a season to set up Mama Pena's house and do all these things and give her a nice, clean kind of send off. Yeah. Well, and it let them set up not one but two women coming into SWAT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm I'm really curious who fills in that role on the SWAT team next season. Yeah. And how that works. Because at this point, when the show ends, at least one of two things I think needs to happen, and possibly both. Hondo and or Street have to leave the squad. Mm. Hondo, I think, has to step down, whether he becomes a commander or whatever happens yeah. to him. and. It'd be a little hard to do at this point, but I almost think Street would need to become the replacement leader kind of thing. In other words, we came in, Hondo's getting control of the team. This is our entry. Street's the new guy. Mm -hmm. So we kind of bookend that at the end. Hopefully yeah. they've got a few seasons to go figure that out. Yeah. I don't think Street's to that point yet. He's not. And it would make more sense to put Deacon in that position or possibly even uh, Luca. Mm -hmm. So they'd have to finagle that but there there was going to come a point where 20 squad as we know it ceases to be as the show ends yeah luca ran one of the ops mm -hmm. out in the field luca got trapped in command center running an op in place of hicks yeah yeah so and i like it when they switch stuff up like that yeah i like the episode where the lapd got hacked and they had to deal with that they basically powered everything down for a while went old school what i thought was a lot of fun because i hadn't expected it Will Wheaton guest starred as their IT support. Yeah. And it surprised me because I wouldn't have expected him on this show, but that's the exact kind of role he's very good at. Yes. And it's a 
white hat version of the chaos character he played over on Leverage. I'm not going to say I thought he was a brilliant actor in the episode. I think he did better in, in Leverage and such. Well, the character had no snark, which is where Will Wheaton seems to draw a lot of his energy and enthusiasm from. He does snark a little more subtly than the way he was trying to give the exposition here in terms of what's going on with the tech. The one time I thought he really nailed it was when he was starting to explain and you could see him reading the room of these guys do not care about the tech. Yep. They fixed the problem. Yeah. You know, but there were a few other times where I felt he was over emoting when he's essentially giving exposition. Mm -hmm. But it was fun to see him and I'd like to see that character come back now being in the cybercrimes division and yeah. really kind of having come into his own. Yeah. And be it of one of maybe the, the turnabout's fair play. He helped them when they were invaded. They've got to help him when they get, you know, cybercrimes gets invaded or something. Yeah. You know, so there's some fun stuff they could do there. But again, it goes towards building a, a bigger and bigger community over time. Mm hmm. And we had a detective that we saw a number of times. Oh, yeah. Robbery, homicide. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they've got, obviously, a great cast. I think they've got really good writers. I think they've got room for improvement in the writer room in terms of if they could just do a little bit of a look-ahead, look-back on what's going to be the next and previous script to each one and just pull a thread or two of, hey, don't you have this coming up? Or how did that go? Or yeah, just a line or two to make them flow a lot better. Again, I think that would have given me a better inroad to the hijacking episode. Mm -hmm. than just what the hell's going on and would have been able to bridge the gap between uh, Nichelle not being in, in various episodes or other plot lines that are, you know, like with the cadets, they're one episode gone and back the next yeah. or two later or something like that. You know, if they could just keep things in play a little bit better, mm -hmm. uh, I think they could do even better than they're doing now. But I've got to say, there were a couple of episodes this half of the season where they really upped the action quite a bit. Yeah. And some of the places where, again, they're going on location. I mean, they went to one airfield when the guy from Mexico came back. Yes. They were at another one, obviously, with the hijacking episode. Mm-hmm. You know, they went to the Queen Mary. They, they went to uh, a college campus a time or two. They had some stuff that was just, it felt different than what we had seen. Yeah. But that having been said, there were one or two... Where like when the chaplain got shot, it felt like it later in that scene, it's like, you know, this is supposed to be a different location. But man, if you shot it from 90 degrees, it might have been that same location. Yeah. But I mean, hey, if they can pull that off. Yeah. Or come close to it, more power to them. And I, I, logistically, I would do that if I were shooting it. So no harm, no foul there. Bringing in the chaplain as somebody Street had known and him kind of paying back for the guy sitting by his bedside. I thought that was nice. Yeah. Not something they totally set up at the beginning of the season, but, you know, okay. No, but a nice callback to what he'd done for his mom. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, him having, again, that whole arc between seasons, effectively. Yeah. So I, I like when they do those kinds of touches. So I'm curious, again, how the team's going to change up for next season. What new kind of dynamic, whatever the new member is, brings into the team. and. What other kind of, I don't say ripped from the headlines, but there's some of it ripped from the headlines. Some of it is just, this is the national conversation around gun control or around this or around that. They usually do a really good job addressing it. Well, like they did the uh, urban oil drilling. Yes. Episode. There are a couple of times where I think there's some exposition just to educate us on what's going on in the world. Yeah. 
I mean, there was some in um, the episode uh, when they're at the uh, going looking for the delivery driver, and the guy's explaining, "Here's how we're sending money back over because the Taliban took over. The banking's not working." You know. Yeah. It's like okay, this is exposition that's not essential to the story, but kind of interesting. So sure, put it in there. Yeah. So I'm enjoying the show, and I'll be honest: when this first had started, and you'd recommended I watch it and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, it's another police procedural and stuff, but I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, me too. I like the dynamic they've set up with the team. Yeah, yeah. Again, they've got a lot of characters that individually I think are all fun to watch, mm -hmm. and then the way they all play together is is a ton of fun. Yeah. Anything else? I think that does it. Cool. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.